Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carroll. Though you may not realize that the ongoing threat of terrorism is affecting your life and that of your loved ones. Each week, Dr. Carroll analyzes the hottest topics in terror and helps you and your family reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. Take aim at the coronation. Welcome to the Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol Lieberman, your terrorist therapist. Today, um, as the coronation approaches, we are going to be looking at who the terrorists are who are taking aim at the coronation. The coronation, of course, is that next Saturday, May 6th, in London, and um, it is... Uh, going to be a wonderful regal affair, and um, I, for one, am very much um, for it. You know, um, wish wish the king uh, all the best. And um, but therefore, but there are some a lot of people, including radical Islamists and other terrorist type protesters, uh, who are not for it, and who are have been plotting and planning mayhem. So, first of all, let's look at these different groups who are planning and plotting mayhem. And then I'm going to talk to you about the um, people, what what the what is being done in London to protect the coronation, not only the royals and the uh, heads of state who are going to be there, but also um, the, just the crowds, you know, the the uh, tourists and the British people who have come to stand in the streets and celebrate and go to the concert and so on to celebrate um, the coronation. So let's look at the radical Islamists. First of all, we have the Taliban uh, number one because they are the most unhappy about Harry's book Spare in which he gloated about killing the Taliban and killing Afghans. Similarly, we have Al-Qaeda who is not happy as well. And we probably have ISIS. You know, it's interesting that even though Harry was talking about um, killing the Taliban, and of course, you know, in Afghanistan, you have, we have a whole soup of terrorists, uh, radical Islamist terrorists. So they are, are joining together, even though they're kind of fighting each other, particularly now, or in general, they have been fighting each other. But they are in agreement <laughs> against uh, Prince Harry. So that's the for the radical Islamists. And I'm going to tell you uh, specifically about some of the things that um, that Al-Qaeda has and uh, the Taliban have been doing. Okay, then we have other protesters who want to perpetrate terror. And why? At the coronation? Because where else could you get such media attention than at the coronation? Of course, all the world's media will be there and, and all the world's uh, I mean, not only reporters and, and from different media outlets, but people will be able to all around the world will be watching this on their tellies and uh, radios and and, you know, the Internet and, and everything. So um, if you want to get a message across, there is really no no greater place uh, to do it in terms of getting publicity. But of course, 
not so great in terms of disrupting the um, coronation. So we have groups like the Republic, which is also the Not My King group. I'll be telling you about all these different groups. We have eco-terrorists, including Just Stop Oil, Climate Control, Extinction Rebellion, and I'll be telling you about what they are planning and plotting. Now, um, we also have, uh, not that I'm calling them terrorists per se, but they certainly are uh, taking aim at the coronation. Remember, today's show is called Terrorists Take Aim at the Coronation. And certainly Harry and Meghan have been and will be taking aim. Harry, of course, by his book Spare and um, all his other um, media appearances, his the, from the Oprah interview to the Netflix, you know, really, really uh, drumming up drumming up inciting protesters you know not, from from radical islamists to all these other um you know domestic protesters uh by by you know going up against the um royal family saying how horrible and how racist the royal family is of course then he walked it back but then he walked it back quietly meanwhile all this um other stuff this other propaganda is out there megan too um, she is going to be taking aim at the coronation in terms of stealing the spotlight. She and her family, and I will tell you how they are going to be doing that. Then we have the run-of-the-mill criminals, pickpockets, and so on. You know, here, such a crowd. <laughs> Could you ask for a bigger crowd? No. Um, and you know, if you've seen Oliver, the, the musical, you know how they talk about, you got to pick a pocket or two. So that's what they're going to be doing. Then we have miscellaneous anarchists and lone wolves. Now, who is going to be protecting the royal family, uh, the heads of state, um, and just normal people coming to watch the coronation? We do have a fair amount of um, protection. You know, they have been, they have been, uh, well, they've had practice in regard to other uh, big events, such as the um, Jubilee and the Queen's, most recently, the Queen's funeral. Now, the difference, however, is that with the Queen's funeral, although she was getting older and we knew she would be dying someday soon, um, we did not know a date. So people, these from, the, from radical Islamists to these other kinds of protesters and so on, um, they did not could not plan as well for uh, to to disrupt the funeral. Plus, for the um, protesters, you know, the uh, such as the eco terrorists and so on, um, it really wasn't. They knew that it wouldn't be a good look to protest at at the Queen's funeral. Um, but this is different now. These different terrorist type groups. Um, do uh, have more have had more time. We've known how when and where the coronation was going to be for quite a long time. So who is going to protect everybody um, there at the coronation for good reasons? We have um, two different groups, uh, two different operations: the Golden Orb operation and the Tower of London operation. We also have terrorist task forces, you know, for the radical Islamist terrorists, of course, the police and the military. 
So I'll be telling you now today about how all of these things are going to work and interact with each other. Now, of course, I can't predict um, what really is going to happen, whether in fact the terrorists are going to outsmart <laughs> the protectors. Um, we all are going to be watching with uh, bated breath. It's really kind of sad that these days we have to be thinking about um, all these people who are trying to create mayhem at, at events, you know, sh that should be uh, happy events um, without having to worry about, you know, all these people who want to make it an unhappy event. Okay, so let's talk about inside, let's talk about the Operation Golden Orb. I will take you inside. This is the UK, a one of the UK security plans for the coronation. Now, the coronation is going to take place at Westminster Abbey. And um, the Operation Golden Orb has been working to try to protect everybody. Um, they, in, and this is how they're doing it. There are going to be armed officers to guard coronation attendees and foreign dignitaries. Um, and also, there are going to be police uh, taking care of ensuring the locations, keeping them safe. Then search teams will be sweeping the procession route from Buckingham Palace to Westminster Abbey. They're going to be looking for potential threats hidden in phone boxes or drains or bins and other everyday objects. And they're going to search before they seal the roads off. Then there will be snipers on rooftops as well as armed officers on parole, parole, yeah, that's it, <laughs> on patrol. <laughs> we would hope the officers aren't on parole. Um, so the officers on patrol to protect the crowds. And then um, there's going to be physical barriers as well as a heavy police presence. Um, then let's see. There are then um, the 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 group Republic. I'll be telling you more about them, but they are anti-monarchy, and they um, they have said that they're not going to be doing anything disruptive on at the coronation, but they're organizing protests along the procession route and a Not My King rally in Trafalgar Square. I would say that that is <laughs> disruptive enough. Um, but then other organizations or lone demonstrators might cause uh, greater disorder um, and they are going to uh, or, or may block roads. And so the government is going to crack down on these kinds of um, protesters who block the roads and slow walking protests, you know, protesters who are in a group and walk down a road slowly so that, for example, they wouldn't let the procession for the um, coronation go forward um then what else um they're also going to be looking at out for um and this is through intelligence analysis they have been already you know looking into royal stalkers and fantasists who are fixated on the king and his family that's another group um that might you know that aren't protesting anything but but they might want to get too up close and personal um okay let's see so then you know the the protect protectors realize 
that, quote, it's high stakes. If anything goes wrong, it's immediately broadcast and it reflects on Britain's standing in the world. So there is a lot at stake from the safety of the royals and everybody else to the um, image of the country. Now, there's also a security plan called Operation Tower of London. And that is an operation that is particularly concentrating on the royal family and the crown jewels. Not the royal family's crown jewels. <laughs> the crown jewels in the Tower of London. Okay. So um, then there will be uh, armed guards. They will are, are, have been um, preparing armed guards, members of the military, tactical snipers, and, and anti-drone radar, anti-drone technology. There are those units um, stationed all along the procession route. And then the Civil Aviation Authority has put in place a no-fly zone over central London, and that is to ban aircraft from flying below certain limits. Now, let's, um, let's look specifically at what the radical Islamists have in mind. Uh, I would offer the fact that um, they are more dangerous than these protest groups for because for one, they are more angry about um, at Prince um, Harry and what he said and what he wrote in his book and so on. And because, um, you know, radical Islamist terrorists are more dangerous than these these echo terrorists and so on, um, because they have been doing this for a lot longer, uh, and and they are willing to do a lot more violent kinds of things. So um, Al Qaeda. Also, now let's talk first about Al Qaeda. The Taliban has been saying since uh, the spare, the book spare came out, that they are going to uh, do something against Harry, Harry's family, the royal family, England, and so on. So now Al-Qaeda has gotten into the act too, and they ordered Prince Harry's death. They have um, been telling people that, um, quote, let Islamic hands take their just retribution. So this is in, again, in reaction to the, to, um, Prince Harry, having said that he killed 25 terrorists um, in, in, during his time in Afghanistan with the British Army. Uh, he made six tours of the country with the British Army. Now, really, you know, that is the one thing that was brave about that, you know, that Harry did that was good and brave um, as compared to what he's been doing now, crying, whining, <laughs> and so on about poor Harry. Um, and, you know, poor put upon Harry because of his family, or so he is alleging. So now um, he wrote in his book, and and I did a previous uh, podcast. Um, I, it was called The Taliban is Right, Harry Has Gone Mad. So you can listen to that as well. Um, that goes more into Harry and going mad and the Taliban and so on, and the book. Um, but here I'm talking today in regard to the coronation in, uh, more, more specifically or more generally, not just about Harry. Okay, so Harry wrote, it wasn't a statistic that filled me with pride, but it didn't leave me feeling ashamed either. 
When I found myself immersed in the heat and confusion of combat, I didn't think of those as 25 people. They were chess pieces removed from the board, the bad people eliminated before they could kill the good people. Um, so the radical Islamists didn't like that he showed such indifference to the lives of terrorists. Um, so in the terror, in the Al Qaeda has a magazine called One Ummah, and um, in this magazine, uh, senior members of Al Qaeda have instructed followers to take their revenge on Prince Harry. They've also ordered the British Crown to act by reducing the security measures afforded to him in order to, quote, make way for Islamic hands to be the ones to take their just retribution, which is kind of interesting because there is this squabble between Prince Harry and the royal family in regard and and London or, or um the monarchy, whoever he is, in regard to security, you know, he is he doesn't think that he should have to pay for his own security. So ever since he left um, England, he, there has been this squabble. And of course, it becomes more serious when there are events like the coronation and when and and since he has written this book. So um, now he hasn't been telling he's been really delaying. Well, he even delayed responding. RSVPing to the coronation, but since then he's also delayed giving the royal family information as to when he's going to arrive, and also it's questionable as to whether he is going to be wearing his um, military uniform or just clothes with his medals on the on regular, you know, um, dress clothes, but not his his military uniform. Uh, now. You know, this has to do with their dispute, you know, the squabbles between Harry and the royal family. But I think it also has to do with um, people being uneasy about Harry, um, know, people knowing where Harry is and when he's there and so on. And also pointing out, reminding people, reminding the terrorists, not that they really need to be reminded, but that, I mean, it sort of is putting it in their face to have him wear his military uniform. So. Um, so all of that is going on behind the scenes. Now, um, Al-Qaeda has also complained about the Western media's coverage of Harry's book um, for the lack of respect shown for the loss of Afghan lives, quote, as if the blood of Afghans does not have the slightest respect in this arrogant mentality. Um, Al-Qaeda also criticized, quote, the miserable British life. Um, they said that his memoir is nothing but, quote, manifestations and reversals of the standard of the degenerate British miserable life and the very complex royal education, a reflection of the reality of decadence. Um, Al-Qaeda has demanded that Afghan people receive compensation. Everybody wants compensation these days, right? Um, for casualties at the hands of Prince Harry. So they are appealing to the UN by citing the Geneva Convention and asking for compensation. I mean, why not? Everybody is doing it. Uh, the problem is there isn't enough money for all these things. And, every, and we all feel we should be compensated for something. Tell me, don't you feel you should be compensated for something, something against your people five million years ago? But it is not realistic uh, for people today to have to pay for you know, what happened years and years ago. All right, Harry's wasn't that many years ago, but you know what I mean. Um, Okay, then also uh, the bodyguard, um, the king's bodyguard says 
quote, the coronation is under threat from substantial terrorism risk. Um, the, there have been multiple threats. Um, the Metropolitan, Metropolitan Police head says finding terrorists in the UK is like finding a needle in a haystack. The, the, this is interesting. The latest terrorism, terrorism statistics show that while the number of attacks has reduced in recent years, those that make it past police checks are more lethal than ever. Um, so now the bodyguard has said, he has warned about the risk of terrorism. This is a bodyguard with over two decades of security experience. And he um, said that the level, in fact, they have raised the threat level in the UK to substantial, which means an attack is likely. Uh, the substantial threat level is third on the scale behind severe and critical. Now, they may well uh, raise the threat level as we get closer to the coronation. I would not be surprised as they start finding out about more threats or the seriousness of the threats of these organizations that I've mentioned. Um, there's other factors that are increasing the security threat, such as the UK's involvement against ISIS. Um, the Ukraine war where, um, you know, uh, England has been helping, the UK has been helping the Ukrainians, uh, Irish Republican dissidents, and domestic terrorism. So the Joint Terrorism Analysis Center has um, determined the risks, and they have been playing, they all will be playing, and they have been already starting to play an important role in protecting. Um, they, in particular, have been listening to and will continue to listen to the chitter chatter of the terrorist groups. Um, they're also looking out for the, the, quote, large, unquote, and, quote, growing, unquote, anti-monarchy movement. Um, they, let's see, so they will be using the same blueprint as for Queen Elizabeth the second's funeral and her platinum jubilee for the security risks. But as I said, now the risk is much higher because of Harry's book spare, um, because of Megan's racism claims, uh, and because there's more time that the, the bad guys have had more time to plan. Well, um, that will be it for this segment. When we come back, I will be talking to you about um, some of the non, uh, some of the other terrorists, you know, t people who plan, people who plan um, to do attacks, um, but who aren't radical Islamist terrorists. So stay tuned. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about terrorists take aim at the coronation. And I've been telling you about some of the things that have been done and are continuing, of course, to be done to protect um, the royal family, to protect the heads of state that are coming from uh, all different countries, and to protect the onlookers, people who, uh, both the British people and tourists who have come to take part in this historical event. 
And I talked to you in the first segment about the radical Islamists and what they are planning and how they have been trying to gather their supporters to come to London and join them in some kind of terror attack. Now I'm going to talk about the non-radical Islamists who are um, creating a kind of, or who are, who have actually um, done various uh, protests, some more violent than others, and what they are planning. So let's look at a group called um, Just Stop Oil. These are echo terrorists. Oh, by the way, I have done a podcast not too long ago on echo terrorists. You might want to um, listen to that as well. So Just Stop Oil uh, has said that um, the coronation could be the, quote, final boss level, unquote, for its protests. And as I was saying before, yes, there are, this is, you know, this is going to be something seen around the world. Um, they recently protested at, the, at a championship. Um, they look for all these big events and uh, to, to um, make protests so that people will watch them and try and so that they can uh, get people to join their group um, against, you know, against what? Against people who would be, um, who aren't protecting the climate. Um, so in this previous uh, event, an activist from Just Stop Oil jumped onto a table and threw orange powder. That must have been uh, quite a scene. Um, now there's also what they what this group and perhaps other groups may be planning for the coronation is a new little uh, kind of terrorism, uh, rape alarms. Rape alarms, as you may know, are these um, things like on a on a keychain where you push a button and it makes a loud noise. So there are going to be, of course, lots of horses in the procession. And so the plan of Just Stop Oil and or perhaps some other uh, domestic type terrorist groups, echo terrorists and so on, is to throw um, rape alarms into the crowd where the horses where the horses are passing by. Now, I am an equestrian. I own a horse. I, <laughs> I think that um, I, I hope that this doesn't happen. And if it does, I hope that these people are arrested and given very um, strong punishments because not only, you know, are they going to spook the horses, which means that the horses are going to jump all around, going to hurt each other, first of all, in the crowd, you know, because they're so they're marching next to each other. And then um, and then, of course, you know, people along the parade route would get, uh, could, will likely get hurt as well. Um, now, the, the police have said, quote, it's not practical to frisk members of the crowd for rape alarms, but we will move swiftly if they try it. Well, I hope they move swiftly enough. Um, the former Grenadier Guardsman Julian Pereira described the rape alarm plot as, quote, nothing short of terrorism. He said, if a cavalryman with the full weight of his gleaming ceremonial breastplate and helmet was thrown from his terrified horse, he could easily be killed. And just imagine the horrifying consequences 
of several 1,500-pound horses bolting into a packed crowd of spectators. Dozens of members of the public, including children, could end up dead or seriously injured. It would be distinctly, un I would be um, distinctly uncomfortable about it. There is a risk that individual riders are going to fall off. There is a risk horses are going to be injured. And they actually had, um, they actually, first of all, it leads to a chain reaction. You know, if you've ever seen a parade of horses, if one horse spooks, um, you know, it makes the other horses spook. Uh, but that's, you know, horses I haven't ever seen, I don't know if it's ever happened before, that anybody, protesters or anybody threw rape alarms into uh, a parade of horses. But like, just if, you know, horses in a parade, um, somebody makes a loud noise or something like that, occasionally, you know, they will spook. Now there has, they all have already seen in London the potential danger of bolting horses because there was a Black Lives Matter protest in 2020 and a police horse bolted down Whitehall after these um, rape alarms were thrown at it and it caused injuries. So let's hope that that doesn't happen. Um, now, the organization Just Stop Oil is very um, aggressive. Uh, they vowed that they, quote, won't stop until we win. We quote, we know we know the rapid social change must come from civil resistance. History has proved it effective time and time again. Then we have the Republic activists. And I'm going to tell you more about them. Those are the not my king folks. Um, they are planning to wear yellow T-shirts and wave yellow placards along the procession route. Let's hope the yellow placards don't spook the horses. Um, when the newly crowned king passes in his gold stagecoach, they plan to boo and chant, not my king. That's not as bad as throwing rape alarms, but <laughs> uh, then let's see. The police forces have also been filming, filming, which is good so that they'll be able to find them afterwards, and profiling anti-monarchist campaigners. Um, and this this was, they are particularly, all the protectors, as I described them, um, are particularly on edge and particularly, you know, recognizing how serious this is because um, there was the, recently there, the king and queen consort narrowly escaped having eggs thrown at them during, a re during recent walkabouts in York and Luton. Um, you know, when they walked in these cities for, I forget exactly what they were why they were doing that but um it showed you know that even in these small towns really um well york isn't a small town but um there have been even when they have been walking around for really for they went to these different places to um to do things to help like uh giving out food or helping um with different organizations that help the public and they show their support for them and yet uh, the eggs were thrown at them or, you know, some people booed or had these signs or whatever. Um, then this, um, so members of the, this, of the group, the Republic and Just Stop, Stop Oil have been placed under surveillance. Um, security has warned these groups and others like them uh, that could use the current, that could use the coronation to, uh, to be, uh, to, to, to attract others into their 
into their group. Um, it's supposed to be watched by 100 million people worldwide. So, you know, if you want to if you want to get your message seen, that is why it is the place. Now, let's look at let's look at the group Not My King a little um a little uh, more closely, which is also called the Republic. Um, so let's see. This uh, Not My King is the slogan that's been adopted by this anti-monarchy group, Republic. And um, this movement it, it's following the death of Queen Elizabeth. Now there really wasn't, it, it wasn't, um, they weren't as obvious. They didn't make themselves as known while Queen Elizabeth II was alive. But following her death, because you know, they respected her, you had to respect her. She really devoted her whole life um, to serving the, her, her people. Um, and so, but after her death, this group, the Republic, has gained momentum by promoting the hashtag not my king and the signs and so on. I mean that's part of it, you know, with with uh, social media, um, it is easier for these different groups to to gather people to come to their events or their protests. Um, so let's see. So their group, you know, is it the the idea of it, the purpose of it is to raise questions about the necessity for a monarchy in the United Kingdom. And um, now we're not talking about the Republic. We're not talking about when I say Republic, we are not talking about the Republican Party in America, like, you know, Republicans and Democrats. No, this is totally different. Um, Republic is a pressure group that's calling for an end to the UK's system of constitutional monarchy. It was set up in 1983 as a group of Republicans and officially, and it was officially founded as a pressure group in 2006. Um, they wanna replace the royal head of state, that would be King Charles, with an elected figure. So this would bring the UK into line with some other countries like Germany that has both a political leader, which is um, currently a chancellor, and an elected head of state, the president. Um, so they, this group, the Republic, uh, also protested the royal weddings of Prince William and Princess Catherine in 2011, and Prince Harry and Meghan Markle in 2018. Um, so let's see. Yes, they knew that if they protested against Queen Elizabeth, it would not the optics would not be good for them. Um, they believe that hereditary public office goes against every democratic principle and they want to abolish the monarchy and they want a head of state that is chosen by the public and keeps politicians in check. Um, let's see, as of 2015, they had an income of 140,000 pounds. In 2016, they had over 5,000 paying members and about 35,000 online supporters. So, you know, if they do um, a protest at the coronation, they're going to get more people sending them money. 
So the coronation, the official coronation ceremony will take place at Westminster Abbey on Saturday, May 6th, as I said. Uh, they're expecting more than a thousand people. The Republic is respecting, is expecting more than a thousand people to protest at the coronation. But they are promising they'll keep it fairly lighthearted. Now, how do you promise that more than a thousand people who are protesting will keep it, quote, fairly lighthearted, unquote? Quote, we're not quite sure what we're going to do, but we may have other groups along the route, but certainly there will be one large protest in the middle on the procession route. And it will be a lot of this really, lots of not my king placards will be making some noise. There'll be a bit of a party atmosphere trying to engage the people around us and keeping it fairly lighthearted. And we'll make sure that when the procession goes past, we are unmissable. Yes, especially if the horses spook at their yellow placards. Um, let's see. Um, now, someone from the, the chief executive of the group, the Republic, um, said activists will wear yellow t-shirts and carry yellow placards along the procession route. He vowed to make the peaceful demonstration unmissable and loud, but they're not going to stage any Extinction Rebellion type style stunts, be, quote, because it's not a good look and it doesn't help the cause. Now this was, <laughs> now this one, yeah, so far, um, he's saying that more than 1,350 people had pledged to take part as of mid-April. So yes, there's gonna be more than a thousand. Um, he said, quote, anti-monarchy protests will carry one simple message. Do you want Charles or do you want a choice? Um, there were anti-monarchy pro protests in Liverpool. It's not just in London that these protests are going to be going on during the coronation. You know, it's not just along the coronation route and so on. It's in other towns and cities in the UK. Um, so now he said, the CEO of the Republic said um, that the crowning of Charles and the Queen concert is a, quote, pointless piece of theater, which will cost tens of tens of millions of pounds and be a slap in the face for people struggling with the cost of living. Protesters, um, so unquote. Protesters have already uh, targeted Charles at recent public appearances with their Not My King signs and shouts of, quote, why are you wasting money on a coronation, Charles? They're asking people to sign a pledge to protest and to add their voices to their call for the UK to become a republic and have an elected head of state, which is why they're called the Republic <laughs> or Republic. Uh, this is the moment we make our objection loud, visible, and impossible to ignore. Hmm. All right. In the next segment, so we're, you know, are you getting the impression that um, that the drums are beating ever louder from all of these protest groups, from radical Islamist terrorists, real terrorists, to these would-be terrorists? I mean, basically, um, protest groups who are creating terror to get their way. In the next segment, we're going to be looking, as I promised, we're going to be looking at Prince Harry's lookalike and his take on this whole thing, which is really quite refreshing. 
we're going to be looking at um, blood-soaked copies of Prince Harry's memoir to go on sale. Yes, you heard that right. And then um, we're going to be hearing what the general public thinks about um, uh, Harry and Meghan and the coronation. And then we're going to, last but not least, we're going to be hearing about Meghan Markle and her family and what they're doing to attract attention. So stay tuned. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terrorist Therapist Show, where we're talking today about terrorists take aim at the coronation. So now we're going to look at um, sort of the more, now that I've, I've really uh, gotten everybody upset um, at the threat, although I hope you're feeling somewhat, somewhat, um, no, consoled, I guess, because of all the protection that is that is has been is being planned as well. Um, but now we're going to talk about a little more lighthearted <laughs> the issue, but in a little more lighthearted way. So let's talk about Prince ha the Prince Harry look a lookalike. His name is Reese Widock. He's thirty nine years old, and he has been working as a Prince Harry lookalike since twenty seventeen. And if you Google him, you will see that indeed he does look like Prince Harry. And um, there are some pictures of him with a Megan lookalike um, who does look very much like Megan. So, uh, <laughs> so he has now been forced to disguise himself as, as, in public because he fears for his life. So... And this is, of course, after the book Spare and after Prince Harry revealed his kill count enraging the Taliban. So, um, you know, he, during his service in Afghanistan, talking about taking out the 25 people and um, so on. He, let's see. Now, international security specialist Will Geddes uh, has said, quote, Harry has played beautifully into the hands of the Taliban and has put his family in the firing line for a possible revenge attack. Now, in my previous podcast where I talked, it's called The uh, Taliban is Right, Harry Has Gone Mad, um, I talk about, you know, the danger that he put his, his family, like in Montecito, California, his wife and his children, and then the royal family, you know, in London, and so on, put them in the firing line. But it could well be that radical Islamists have been waiting for the coronation to do their attack, you know, because that would be much more um, uh, dramatic and effective than simply, uh, you know, attacking <laughs> attacking Megan while she's home in in Montecito, California. Um, so, so not only is Harry and his family in the firing, uh, in, in the firing line, but he also put Reese Widock in the firing line because he looks very much like Harry, and as such, he's been um, working, you know, where in at events and so on, where people want a Prince Harry lookalike. So he feels like he's a terrorist target now. Um, he's traveled all over the world. 
you know, because he looks so much like Prince Harry and he's, you know, been paid to be at various events. But now <laughs> it's the opposite. He's taken to disguising himself in public. Not, you know, he wants to hide that he looks like Prince Harry um, because his mum <laughs> begged him to make sure he isn't mistaken for the prince. Uh, he doesn't want to say where he lives in the UK now because of the terror threat. And he says, quote, I started to feel uneasy when I heard that Harry was talking about his time in the army. My mum texted me and it left me with goosebumps. It just said, because of Harry's admission in the army, he is now a target. You need to wear glasses in public. People mistake me for Harry every single day. So it is a worry when you're the lookalike of someone facing a sudden increase in security threats. I think his memoir should have been run past British security first. It's quite bizarre. This is all the words of this um, Harry lookalike. Uh, it's quite bizarre that it never had been, as he will require extra security in future in the UK at the coronation this year, for example. He will require lots of extra security for some time now. While I do look a lot like him, I'm not surrounded by an entourage when I'm out and about, so I would think it should be clear to most people I'm not the real Harry, but there are crazy people out there. I haven't been offered any security before for jobs that I carry out, but I would be very hesitant to do one in the current climate without security for being mistaken as the real Prince Harry. Normally it's quite nice to run into people who think I'm Harry, but I've made sure I've kept my hat on the last few days. Um, now this was, let's see, let me see. Um, this this was this was sometime between the time that the book came out and the coronation. Um, as you can imagine, I've always been a big fan of Prince Harry, but I think everybody, including me, by the but I think everybody, including me, by the constant private family revelations, um, are not that he he's not that. In other words. He and people who are also a fan of Prince Harry aren't so much of a fan with these different revelations, you know, with the Oprah interview and the Netflix series and the book Spare. So this man who has, you know, the, the Prince Harry lookalike is still being booked for regular work, including being uh, with a Meghan Markle lookalike. They've been asked to reenact parts of their infamous Oprah interview for TV stations around the world. How do you like that? <laughs> um, I've always really liked Prince Harry, but he needs to new, move forward with his life. This is out of the mouth of a, of a lookalike Prince Harry. I mean, no kidding. <laughs> um, even he believes that Harry should stop whining and move on with his life. Quote, I am often now asked not to smile as much when I'm doing lookalike work. Harry used to always be grinning, but now people don't believe it's him if I turn up with a smile. How do you like that? Many people are concerned for Harry's well-being. He strikes me as deeply unhappy, angry, paranoid, and isolated. I have to rein in my smiles at work because Harry doesn't smile nearly as much as he used to. 
you know, it's just a really honest um, and accurate view. Um, he said, quote, we filmed at various locations around Windsor for a promotional night video for a promotional nightclub video for the Queen's Jubilee celebrations where we interacted a lot with the public who were all happy to see us. Um, he's talking about when he did it with Megan, but now things have changed. Now here's this, this is, here we go to the dark side. Um, Blood-soaked copies of Prince Harry's memoir to go on sale in protest over Taliban kills. Uh, these books are called Alternative Spare, and they come smeared with the blood from Afghan donors, and they're going to be selling for $10,000 or 8,000 pounds each. They will be, this is the brain brainchild of a Russian named, uh, a Russian artist named Andrei Malodkin. And he plans to place his alternative versions of the book on, dis uh, on display at a shop in Windsor. And then he's gonna be putting them up for sale with this exorbitant price tag just days before the coronation. So probably by now he has done this. Um, his stunts have drawn widespread publicity in the past. Um, the reason he's doing this to protest the prince's participation in the Afghanistan war. They're gonna be available for purchase from May 2nd on. Um, at the ridiculous price that I just mentioned, which is 600 times the book's current price of 14 pounds. And then he's going to be using the money that he raises from the sales of these books to donate to charities that help Afghan people. Um, he said he named his piece Blood Money Protests for Harry's participation in the war and cashing in on the experience. Uh, he said, quote, Prince Harry boasts of killing Taliban like they're baddies in a video game, otherizing human life, then cashing in on the sorry tale to sell books about his, dr about his drug binging, sexual exploits, and killing conquests. Um, talked about killing 25 Taliban fighters while deployed with the British Army during the fog of combat. He didn't think of any of the people he killed as people. Um, they, and he said, quote, they were chess pieces removed from the board, bads taken away before they could kill goods. Well, you know, um, there's nothing, I'm not finding fault with the British army or Harry's uh, work in the British army that was, that was bravery. But obviously not everybody agrees with that. Um, now, in my previous podcast about Harry, the Taliban is right, Harry has gone mad. Um, I talked about this other stunt that this Russian artist did. He, he projected a blood-filled sculpture onto the exterior of St. Paul's Cathedral in London. He used um, about 1,200... 1,250 milliliters of blood was used in the protest, this blood-filled sculpture. 
He called it royal blood, and it came from Afghan donors in, in France and the UK. Um, the blood was taken by a registered nurse and kept in a refrigerator before it was pumped into the artwork. That was to get, to get attention and make his point. Now, um, there is a television, I'm moving on to another uh, related story. Uh, there is a television presenter, a television host called Jeremy Vine, who is the host of a national TV show in the UK. And um, he was criticized. He his, his show takes callers. And he was criticized for um, not, uh, not um, challenging a caller who said they didn't care if Harry and Meghan were got by the Taliban. So a caller named Kath from West Yorkshire phoned into Channel 5, the show on Channel 5, to weigh in on the ongoing debate about whether the Duke and Duchess should attend King Charles' coronation. Um, she referred to Harry's claim that he killed 25 members of the Taliban when he served in Afghanistan. And Vine, the host, then asked her if the Taliban um, would target If, if asking her whether she thought that the that the Taliban would target Harry at the coronation, and she replied, "quote I think it's a damn good place for them to try. I don't give a damn about Harry and Meghan, but there will be a lot of the British public there. They will also be at risk." So this host was criticized for failing to challenge her, and instead moving on to another caller. Okay, now. On to Meghan Markle and her family. So her family, no, her family has uh, made a bombshell interview. Um, and it's a threat. <laughs> well, the, the title of this, uh, of the, this headline says, Meghan Markle's families, Meghan Markle families bombshell interview threat for King Charles coronation. Question mark. Um, they have made an, an interview. Uh, Megan's father, Thomas Markle Sr., her half sister, Samantha Markle, they are uniting, reuniting to share uh, unseen family videos and, quote, an extraordinary message, unquote. Uh, it's considered a bombshell interview. The, a, um, a trailer has already been released. And um, it is being considered a plague on both their houses, the Markle household and the royal family. Quote, Charles will see this as another distraction and it's unfortunate timing for him. Um, after this trailer was revealed, that's when it started. It's, it sparked concerns. Um, <laughs> and her sister, who's really out to get her, uh, you know, because of how Megan has been putting down her sister, saying she was an only child. She wishes she was an only child. She didn't like having to compete with her um, stepsister or half-sister. Um, but uh, she, so her, um, her sister, her half-sister, 
uh, has said that Meghan Markle, quote, would still be a waitress if it wasn't for her dad. And that is so true. Um, you know, there have been things that have come out already that show that Meghan Markle would not have been a, an actress or been in a position to meet Harry had it not been for her dad, who she treats terribly. Also, of course, Megan has spurred on a lot of these groups that I was talking about, not the eco-terrorists, but like uh, the group that wants to, the Republic, the group that doesn't want the monarchy, because that is what she has been saying, you know, claiming that the monarchy is racist and so on. And that feeds in to these domestic terrorist groups. Um, now, a survey of more than 3,000 adults uh, asked about how much they care about the coronation. Now, this is in England, of course. Um, so 35% said they, quote, do not care very much about the coronation. 29% they, quote, do not care at all. 24% said they care, quote, a fair amount, while only 9% said they care, quote, a great deal. You know, but, but despite the results, 46%, the, the biggest majority, 46% of respondents said they're likely to watch the coronation or take part in celebrations. So, you know, a lot of people are saying, oh, I don't care. You know, it's not important to me. And yet everybody's going to be watching it. I mean, give me a break. <laughs> you know, like it's cool to say, oh, I don't care about these things. Um, believe me, there will be, uh, I can't imagine British people not tuning in at some point to watch this uh, spectacle and to, wa and to watch actually whether there is going to be some kind of attack on it. Anyhow, my best wishes to King Charles III and the royal family. I hope everything goes off perfectly and that any terrorist, radical or otherwise, who are trying to thwart the event are stopped before they do any damage at all. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. If you would like to find out more about terrorism from me, your terrorist therapist, visit my website, terroristtherapist.com. And if you're a parent or teacher and want to build stronger nests for your kids to become more resilient, check out my new award-winning book, Lions and Tigers and Terrorists, Oh My, How to Protect Your Child in a Time of Terror. It's the first and only book about terrorism for kids. You can find it wherever books are sold or directly from the publisher at terrorismforkids.com. Terrorism, the number four, kids.com. I'm Dr. Carol, your terrorist therapist. Thank you for listening to The Terrorist Therapist Show on Renegade Talk Radio with your host, Dr. Carol. We hope listening to the show has made you feel calmer, more resilient, and more able to reach your dreams despite living in a time of terror. You can also check out past shows on Renegade Talk Archives for more insights.